Welcome to the Expository Word Podcast, where you can hear classic recorded messages from Kimber Kaufman. Throughout these messages, Kimber faithfully follows the text to deliver God's message and to practically apply it to life. And so this has been good for everyone to hear tonight. Maybe some of you need to come to Christ for saving faith. You need to believe upon Him tonight and be saved forever. What a great Christmas it would be to fulfill the very purpose of Christmas. He will save you. We trust you will enjoy listening to these classic recordings. And in just a moment, we will join our teacher with the message. We believe that some of our listeners may have additional recorded messages from Kimber at home. If you have a cassette and would consider sharing a recording with our audience, please contact us through our email at theexpositoryword at gmail.com. Today, Kimber continues teaching through the Word, and our hope is that you will be challenged and encouraged by listening in. Let's turn now to Kimber. If you don't have your Bibles, this is a good night to have not brought one because we'll have the entire verse on the screen here for you. 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 15. I want to talk just in a few moments tonight about the bottom line of Christmas. 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 15. And I want you to see with me especially parents and grandparents that may be here tonight of some of the kids that sang and quoted Scripture. I want you to understand, not just in a general way, not even in a, in a somewhat of a clearer focus, but I want you to leave here tonight knowing absolutely clear, unmistakable, why it is that we want to give so much honor to one named Jesus Christ who was born in a manger some 2,000 years ago in which we celebrate His birth and and say so much about Him. And the reason is very simple. In this verse, we, if you meditate upon it, it'll get right to the issue and we want to just sit upon it and force it upon our minds to really understand. Many, many times I talk with people and they're very confused about the Gospel message. They think that somehow God did something or other. It's had something to do with Jesus Christ that in some way affects them. But how the connection exactly fits, they're not sure. And I want you to know that here is a statement in 1 Timothy 1.15 in which you've got in a capsule form what, 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 it, what it's all about. And with all of the jingle bells and with all of the cantatas and with all of the living Christmas trees and with all of the uh, every type of possible downtown entertainment and everything you can every kind of Christmas holiday movie all the things that are going on these days it's easy to forget really what this is all about and look at 1 Timothy 1.15 and notice what it says here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance Christ Jesus came into into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst Let's just get right down to it. Here is a faithful saying. Only a few times in the pastoral epistles, the apostle uses this word. And it's talking about a faithful saying, something that you can absolutely count on. It's like when Jesus Christ says, verily, verily. This is a faithful saying. This is something you absolutely know for sure. In fact, it was probably a famous hymn, and it was also a part of the, of the doxology or some of the, um, the, the repeated statements, the, the, um, catechisms of the early church. And that faithful saying was also something else, and it's even more underscored, and that is this. It's worthy of full acceptance. You see, friends, listen. Please don't miss this point. When the the Bible speaks here and says, this is a faithful saying worthy of all acceptance, 
it's one of those times where if you miss it, you're going to miss a major portion of what the Scripture is really about. And I tell you what, listen friends, vagueness is the enemy of the Bible. I can remember many times I've given at Christmas time little quizzes and, it, and asked you all kinds of questions about wise men and about ox and, and about all the different scenes. And you take the test of some 27 or 28 questions and you come to find out how much of your in your mind is considered uh, just a myth and how much is really found in the Bible. And so much of what people think about Christmas is really not even found in the Bible. For instance, how many uh, wise men came to visit? How many of you say three? Right? That's what everybody thinks. But it's really not. That's just because you've seen the three men out in front of the manger scenes all around town. That's all that it is. And so we're not really always sure what it is. But here's the, here's the bottom line, absolutely clear principle, and that is this. It's about Christ Jesus. And it's interesting that it doesn't say Jesus Christ here. He says Christ Jesus. And Christ is a reference to the Messiah. That is that the Old Testament is true. The prophecies have been fulfilled. It refers to his deity. Listen, God became man and dwelt among us. It wasn't that Jesus Christ was partially God and partially man. When you looked into the face of Jesus Christ, you were looking into the face of the creator of the universe. He is God Almighty. He is the one that was announced and presented by angels. He is the one that the angels host are, are singing in the skies about. There's all kinds of special star displays in the, in that first Christmas because it was Jesus. It was God coming to earth. God has come. He was 100% God and at the same time 100% man. In fact, that's how we know this because it was Christ, but it was also Christ Jesus. Christ refers to his deity and Jesus Christ refers to his humanity. And so we know clearly that this person is different than us. In fact, one of us, another person like us couldn't have done what the whole Christmas message is about. But now there's the big question. Why did he come? Let's get it right from the Bible so we don't have to guess about it. It says, this Christ Jesus came into the world. If you were to ask me, where are you from? I always tell people I'm from Indianapolis, Indiana. But if you were to ask this question, where did Jesus Christ come from? The answer is really not Bethlehem. Because the scriptures are clear. Jesus himself said, I have come down from heaven. The Bible says the first man, Adam, was from the dust of the earth, but the second man, Christ, was from heaven. The Bible says in the beginning was the Word, and then it says, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And the thing that is amazing at Christmas time, it's something that we really need to get a hold of as to what Christmas is really about, is that it was Jesus Christ, God and man, coming into the world. He is from heaven. He is eternal. Now, you may want to make that a technical point this Christmas. That it wasn't just the birthday of Jesus, because Jesus has always existed. But it was the time when He came to actually start to dwell on earth with us, as staggering as that possibly can be. But what was the purpose of His coming? Well, look here what the Scripture says. To save sinners. To save sinners. You know, you can try to make Christmas out to be anything you want it to be. But the Bible's message isn't going to change. The message of the Bible is that Christ Jesus came in the world to save sinners. Do you know something? I mentioned a little earlier that the only thing you have to do to join this church is to profess saving faith in Jesus Christ and then to follow in baptism. But you know what? Listen to me, friends. Who would want, why, you don't need to profess faith in Christ if you're not a sinner. 
You know that? If somehow we can do this all by ourselves, then we will have no need to be excited about Jesus Christ. In fact, I don't know who I'm all talking to tonight, but I will tell you this. I don't care how terrible you have been. I don't care what heinous things you may have done or thought. Your sin cannot begin to be as big as Jesus Christ is as a Savior. There is no way that your guilt, what you've done in rebellion can match up to the love and the majesty of a holy God. But you know, that usually isn't the problem. It's not that people feel they're so bad. Every once in a while you'll find someone like that. But most of the time you find people who are proud. You know, the worst sin in the entire world, you know what it is? It is the sin of self-righteousness. It is the sin in which you think that you by yourself could match up to the standards of a holy God. You know, my friends, when you break the Ten Commandments, that's really an oxymoron. You aren't breaking the Ten Commandments. They're going to break you. It's like jumping off the Grand Canyon and hitting the bottom. What damage are you going to do to the canyon? Not much. But the fact is, when you break the Ten Commandments, the Ten Commandments are going to break you because they're a revelation of God's character. And my friends, I want to tell you something. Um, I heard it somewhere around this church today. One sin. All it takes is one sin and you're guilty of violating the whole law. And one of the news I want you to see is people that stoned Jesus, people that had no time for Jesus, people that ignored Jesus, every one of them were people who did not see themselves as sinners. But if you would just get, if the, if God would do a work in your heart that is wild, because I would love, I'm telling you, I would love to convert someone in this room tonight to Christianity. And I want you to know this. If God would do a work in your heart as I am speaking, and you saw your, your cute children and grandchildren singing songs, if it'd be possible for you to just to say for a second, you know, all of the, but I, all the good things I've done at maybe at a church, or all the kind things that I've done for whatever situation, I, I, I do realize in a new way tonight that I have sinned against God. My friends, there is nothing you can do if you have sinned against God to get pardoned with God except to believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ. And He will certainly forgive all of your sins. The whole purpose of Christmas, everyone get this, Christ Jesus, God-man, the God-man, came into the world to save sinners. This is the very message of Christmas. It's encouraging. We sing of one that we love. We sing of one that we care about because He's one that has saved us. And it is a person. It's not a religion. We would never ever want to make you a Baptist. But we would tell you we want you to know the Lord Jesus Christ. And then notice the last statement, and this is really interesting, of whom I am chief. The apostle who wrote this considered himself the chief of sinners. You know, it's really interesting to me how people don't want to face up to this. The greater you understand the Bible the greater you understand your sinfulness. Because the more you look into the light of Scripture and the light shines down upon your life, the more you see the flaws, the failings, the sins, the misconduct, the wrong attitudes, because the light is so bright. If we were to turn the... the, 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 the um, Let me just give you this. Have you ever been in a restaurant? I was just in one the other day. And I wondered... If you turned all the lights on in this restaurant, I wonder if it would be clean. Have you ever been in one of those restaurants? 
Because it, they, I've always wondered about some of them. They're supposed to be fancy restaurants. They turn the lights down so low, I think you don't have to clean ever. You know, you only have to do the carpet once every couple months maybe or something. Because if you turn all the lights on as bright as possible, every little flaw shows up. Well, there's one thing about Christians, and I want to encourage you Christians tonight. And that is this. The Apostle Paul considered him the chief of, of sinners. And don't you worry when you look at yourself and you see crud and you see discouragement and you see yourself as failing a lot, you know what? One of the reasons might be is there is a sense of downward growth that comes with true Christian living and where you understand yourself not to be better than everyone else and you constantly look and you, you, you are superior to everybody else because of some little thing you do, but you consider yourself under the weight of your own sin before a holy God and you esteem others better than yourself because you've got a true view of who you are. And I'll tell you something, friends. We heard it well last Sunday morning. But I'm going to tell you, there is, there is, there, there's no way to love and appreciate Jesus Christ more than for us to see ourselves as sinners. And so this has been good for everyone to hear tonight. Maybe some of you need to come to Christ for saving faith. You need to believe upon Him tonight and be saved forever. What a great Christmas it would be to fulfill the very purpose of Christmas. He came in the world to save sinners. He will save you. And then for Christians, let's don't forget what this is all about, and that is Christ came in the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. That ought to cause us to be humble towards one another and esteem others better than ourselves. Let's pray. Father, thank You for being so good to us. Thank You for not giving up on us. Thank You, Father, for loving us when we certainly would, would, uh, would not have been reciprocal if it was left to us. You have been so kind and so good and, and, and so we are so grateful that during this Christmas season, just 20 days and Christmas will, will be upon us and all of the things that are going to happen and in all of the ruckus and all of the rumbling around and all of the, 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 the hectic pace that happens, would you work in our hearts and make us appreciate salvation that you have brought through your son in a greater way than ever. And we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. And that concludes today's expository word. Please join us again for more classic recorded messages from Kimber Kaufman. Take care.